I just, for a, for a moment, I want to say that I just want to reiterate something real quick. And I want to make sure that you can hear my heart when I say this and that you know my heart when I say this. Because this comes from a true heart of love for each and every one of you. There is no condemnation from me or from my heart or for the worship team. If we ask you to do something and you don't feel comfortable right now, or it's not your season right now, or it's not your time right now, there is no condemnation. I love you. I want the best for everybody in this church, and I want God to receive the best that we can possibly give. That's all. I love you, church. I love you. Thank you. I love you, church. He's worthy. He's worthy. I just want to say a, a special thank you, and I think everyone will agree, a special thank you to Pastor Rob, who as Carlos, Pastor Carlos had mentioned, is not here today. Pastor Rob is getting some very much needed R&R, some very much needed rest, which I spoke to you a little bit about during the praise and worship in that first song, so beautifully says, I will rest in your promises. As I mentioned, church, rest is a commandment, and Pastor Rob is hearing the word of the Lord, and he is getting rest, but you know what? Things are downloaded to you while you rest. Things happen while you rest. Sometimes when you let, you lay down the plow, and God takes on that plow, great things happen. In church, great things are happening right now, and it is the season. And are, do you understand, and do you, and are you able to tell the difference between the seasons? Can you tell the difference, and it's hard here in Florida, but can you tell the difference between summer and winter? I'm from New Hampshire. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm from New Hampshire. We can definitely tell the difference between summer and winter in New Hampshire. Anybody here from up north, originally born, raised, or ever lived there, you know, okay? Snow is pretty obvious, right? It's winter. But in the spirit, it can be even harder sometimes to tell the difference from season to season. But it is important. It is important. So I just want to thank Pastor Rob. Church, I'm sorry. I am not Pastor Rob. I cannot do what Pastor Rob does. And it's going to be very different this Sunday. But I'm praying and believing that the power of the word will do the work today. I'm praying that the power of the word will do the work today. Because by my own strength, I cannot do this. By my own strength, I cannot speak in front of people. By my own strength, I can't remember things. I'll be in a conversation, and maybe some of you were like this, but they'll be like, hey, what's that thing? You know, that thing, um, that thing. And it's so easy, but I just can't get it. That's me. I'm the guy. I, I, I'm not a speaker. I'm not eloquent, okay? But I am leaning today on the power of the Lord and his strength that every seed that I sow that every seed by faith will be planted into good soil. Church, are you good soil this morning? I used some good dirt this morning. Come on, give God some praise. So I just want to thank you, Pastor Rob. I want to thank you for what you do, even if you don't hear me say this. On behalf of the church, we want to thank you for what you do week in, week out, the times that we don't see it. Thank you. Thank you for making a way and for heeding the word of the Lord. We thank you for being obedient to the word of the Lord in, in planting this church, in outreach to Tampa Bay. Thank you for what you do. Thank you that we get to be a part of this and that we get to leave our mark on Tampa Bay and on the kingdom because of your obedience. Thank you, Pastor Rob. Thank you. Come on, guys. Church, this, has anyone seen my children today? Has anybody seen my children today? Okay, if you have seen my children today, at least for a second, you have probably heard that we are going on vacation. If you've seen any one of them, including the two-year-old, who doesn't even know what vacation is, you would have heard that me and my family are going on vacation after service. We are going 
on vacation after service. And my kids are so excited about this. It's all that they've talked about for the past seven days. It's all they can talk about. They don't talk about anything except for vacation, except for vacation. So I ask my oldest, what do you want to do on vacation? And she says, stay in a hotel. And I'm like, okay, we got that. Okay, that's good. What else would you like to do on vacation? Swim in a pool. Okay, doing good here. What else would you like to do on vacation? Ride an elevator. You guys, this is sad, okay? Does this show you how much my family needs to go on vacation? Church, church, we're commanded to rest. And this is a season that I'm about to go into. And even though it's a short season, it's an important season. And I believe, and I feel strongly about this, that while I'm on vacation and while I rest, God's not going to stop working in my life. God's not going to stop working in anything that I have my hand in. God is not only will he not stop working, but it's going to succeed even greater while I rest because that's the type of God that we have. Do you guys agree with that? Do you agree with that? So as I am speaking to the Lord, and some of you guys know um, that this is not my full-time job, that this is not my full-time job. I actually work a very much full-time job. I manage a hotel, and maybe some of you guys don't know that. I manage a hotel, 148 rooms in Clearwater, very busy, all right? My life with three children, my life with a hotel, my life with ministry is very busy, but we cannot neglect rest, church. We cannot neglect rest. Lord, forgive me if I have ever neglected one of your commands, Lord Jesus, because I want to walk in your commands, Lord God. So as I am preparing this message, and as I'm asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want to speak? What do you want spoken, Lord Jesus? What, what impact do you want, Lord God? What do you want me to say? He very much lovingly placed in my mind the four seasons. And if you know, you know. <laughs> the Four Seasons is a hotel. The Four Seasons is a resort chain, okay? Uh, but that's not why he put it into my head. He put it into my head because we are about to, church, listen to me. We are about to go into a season. And it is important that each and every person in this room is able to identify the seasons. This is important, church. We're going to talk about these seasons. First, we're going to go into Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 11, because it's important to know the times. Church, can you tell time? If you can't tell time, you're going to have a hard time making it to work on time. If you can't tell time, you're going to have a hard time keeping a job. If you can't tell time, if you don't know what day it is, you're going to have a hard time remembering those important anniversaries in your life. You're going to find yourself in the doghouse. Man, my anniversary is easy. It's on my half birthday, so I'm blessed. All right? Yes, my half birthday. All right? Some of us celebrate half birthdays, okay? Uh, or in my case, anniversaries. <clears throat> uh, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 11, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search, a time to give up. A time to throw away. A time to tear, a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. There is a time for everything. There is a time for everything. The reason that scripture is long is because there's literally, you could say everything, okay? There is a time for everything. Just say it, there is a time for everything. One more time. There is a time. I'm going to get that. For everything. 
Timing is everything. Timing is everything. You know, you can do the right thing in the wrong time, and it is no longer the right thing. You can say the right thing. It's the truth. But in the wrong time, and you can destroy a relationship. You can say the right thing in the wrong time, and you can lose your job. You can say the right thing in the wrong time and you could scar your child. Timing is everything. Say that with me. Timing is everything. Church, my son, I love talking about my kids. If you guys have kids, you just know, okay? You just know. We're so busy with our kids, we have nothing else that we can even think about. My son loves two things on the stage and one of them is the drums and one of them is Mr. Michael, who plays the drums, okay? My kids love Mr. Michael, all right? Mr. Michael standing there in the back. Everyone give Mr. Michael a wave. Hey, Mr. Michael. My kids love Mr. Michael. Judah loves getting on these drums. He loves playing these drums. He is passionate about playing these drums, but he has not mastered yet timing. And if I was to take my son and have him up here on a Sunday morning, his passion would become a distraction. Church, his passion would become a distraction because it's not in the timing of the Lord. It's not in the right time. Can someone say amen? amen. You getting that? There is a time for everything. There is a time for everything. It reminds me of a, of a song... And many things remind me of a song, but a few years ago, church, we were singing this song, and I know you know it. You are good, good, oh, you are good, good, oh, Lord, you are good, right? Good. And while we're singing this song, as, as, as God does, he just started downloading something into my spirit about his timing. And the words, and I know you got, we've sung it quite a bit, but the words were, you speak, I move. You stop, I stop. My hope is in you, my shield, my rock. For all you brought me through, I know you'll see it through. You took my heart from ashes and you crowned my head with grace. Oh, your love is overwhelming. Usually, I don't have so many words get downloaded, but it just, it, guys, I couldn't stop writing. And the Lord was just downloading this, and he was saying, Stephen, he was saying, church, timing is everything. Don't go without me. Don't go without my presence. When you hear me speak, then move. And when you see me stop, then stop. Church, God's timing is everything. God's timing is everything. In uh, Romans 13, 11, and do this, understanding the present time, the present time, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber. If you guys were here a couple weeks ago, the Lord had given me a word, just a single word, and it was dormant. And I, and I shared this with you guys during our praise and worship session that he just spoke the word dormant and it, and it hit my heart, it pricked my heart because he was speaking not just to the congregation but he was speaking specifically to me and about my impact on souls and on the kingdom, okay? Because listen, church, we are called to be worshipers. We are called to praise. We are called to worship. And we are called not to forget the benefits of our praise and worship. But church, we do not keep this light under a bushel. Church, we do not keep this light under a bushel. And we do not sit there and collect the blessings while the people around us are hurting. And that's what it means to be dormant. In the spiritual realm, that's what it means to be dormant, where you are actively enjoying and, and receiving the blessings of the Lord, but in the spirit, what are you sowing back into the kingdom? Church, what are we sowing back into the kingdom? And the question is, can we do more? 
Church, can we do more for the kingdom of God? Wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. Church, we're this much closer. I don't know how long you've been here in this church, but just put that, put that time in your head just for a moment. Put the time in your head. Just take a moment. Think about it. Do the math. Figure out what year. For some of you, one month, two months. For some of you, 10 years, 15 years. We are closer by those many years to the coming of our Lord and to the end than when we first began. And what do we have to be accountable for when we enter in the gates and the Lord says to us, well done, good and faithful servant. What have we left a mark on eternity? What have we done that did not just satisfy ourselves? What have we done? I'm going to say it again. Wake up from your slumber in the spiritual realm. This needs to be said. Wake up from your slumber. I'm not talking, talking about natural sleep, and I'm not talking about resting in the Lord. I'm talking about dormancy. I'm talking about spiritual dormancy. Wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Church, who here wants to put on the armor of light? Who here wants to be clothed with the armor of light? I will tell you that being clothed with the armor of light is a daily choice. That you put on the armor of light daily when you wake up. And I will tell you one more thing, that putting on the deeds of darkness is very easy. You know why? Because it comes naturally in your carnal self. But putting on the armor of light takes faith to believe that when we do it, and when we, when we say that we're going to do it, that he fulfills his promises. Can you see your armor of light? Church, can you see your armor of light? No, it's a spiritual thing. You have to have faith that you're wearing the armor of light. It's a choice daily that we are putting on the armor of light. The four seasons of the harvest. We're going to get into this. The four seasons of the harvest. And church, this is important. And for some of you, this is going to sound so simple. But don't let it be so simple that it goes over your head. For some of you, this will be new. Who here is new to the church or new to being a Christian in just the past two months? Raise your hand. In just the past two months. In the past six months. In the past one year. Okay, church, listen. For some of you, this will be new. For some of you, this will seem old. And for some of you, this will be simple. But what the seeds that I am about to sow will go out on many types of soil. And maybe you've heard Maybe you've heard this. Maybe you've heard the parable. But the seeds that I am about to sow will go out onto each soil. Each one of you has your own soil. And I pray now that it is good soil. And I pray that it will receive the word of the Lord this morning. The four seasons of harvest are the season of seeding, the season of pruning, the season of harvest, and do not forget or neglect the season of rest. Let's speak about the season of seeding. Matthew 13, 3. And he told them many things in parables. Jesus spoke in parables for a reason. Saying, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places. Where it did not have much soil, it sprang up quickly, which sounds pretty exciting. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had, church, no root. Say it with me, no root. Other seed fell among thorns. 
which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Okay, church, he spoke in parables. Okay, he spoke in parables that to some people didn't make sense. He spoke to parables to even the disciples. They asked him, why do you speak in parables? The reason they asked him that is they weren't quite getting it. But you know what? Jesus was saving the principles of the kingdom for people who had good soil. Because the principles of the kingdom are now. Listen to this. Listen to this. First of all, wouldn't you like to invest in something and get a hundred times back? Anybody here invest? Anybody here, you know, invest in the stock market or invest? Wouldn't you love to know that what you invest would come back 100 times, even 30 times? Wouldn't you like to know that? Wouldn't you like, and listen, I'm not talking about all you who, you know, put that little money in Dogecoin, okay? All right? Uh, I'm talking about a real investment in the spiritual realm. I'm talking about something that puts a mark on eternity. Listen, what I'm speaking to you about right now are the four seasons of your personal life, the four seasons of the church, the four seasons of the kingdom of God. Each one of these principles applies the same way to your daily life, to your weekly life, to your monthly life, to your being a part of this church, to being a part of the kingdom of God and being kingdom builders. Each one of these principles applies. Verse 18 the disciples ask Jesus, what does it mean? So he breaks it down and he gives the secret. He gives the cheat code. You guys play PlayStation? You guys ever play PlayStation as a kid? It was like triangle, X, circle, 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 up, down, left, right. I mean, as a kid, you know what I'm talking about. You guys, guys out there, he's giving the cheat code. Listen to this. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone, anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Church, what does it take to understand the word of the Lord? It takes time in the word of the Lord. It takes time in the word of the Lord. If you are frustrated that the word doesn't make sense, it's because you're not investing enough time. Time is everything. Do not be the path that the devil can come and easily take away that seed. Get into the word. Get into the word. Get into the word. Become good soil. Church, become good soil. This is the seed so long along the path. Verse 20. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. Is this wrong? Is it the wrong thing to receive with joy? But listen to this. Receives with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Church, this can be some of the most frustrating things in your life. When you have just enough soil that the promises of God start to bloom quickly, and you get so excited. There's so much joy. You're so excited in the season. And it's blooming so quickly. And then it disappears. That will leave such a foothold for the devil. And if you don't understand the season. 
And if you don't understand the time, and if you don't understand the why, you will think that God doesn't keep his promises. Church, are you following what I'm saying this morning? Timing is everything. Timing is everything. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of his life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Making it unfruitful. Listen to this. This is a promise of the Lord. What you sow greatly, you will reap greatly. Okay? This, this principle does not apply to one single thing. But just like the first scripture I read where there is a timing for everything, this principle applies to everything. Church, just say it with me because I want you to get this in. This principle that I am speaking about right now applies to everything. Everything. It applies to your finances, yes. It applies to money, yes. Why did Jesus speak in parables? Because if Jesus was to come out and say, if you invest your money, you will get it back 100-fold, what type of person would he in, in, uh, attract and what would their motives be? This is why it's said in mystery. Church, this is why it's said the ways that it's said. Because you know what? There is truth to that. But the timing is not right for that. There is truth for that, but the timing is not right for that. Church, listen to me. What you invest, whether it be your finances, what you invest, whether it be your time, whether it be your labor, whether it be your love, whether it be your affection, whether it be your words, whatever it is that you invest, how much you invest determines how much you receive. Now, church, this does apply to your finances. But the reason that we don't only apply it to finances only is because of motive. Why are you planting your seed? Why are you planting your seed? Is it for the kingdom? Because that's what this principle applies to. Is it for the kingdom or is it for your own selfish gain? Why do we apply our seed but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. Remember, church, how do we get to know the word? How do we understand the word? By getting in the word. How do we receive the word? How do we understand the word? By getting in the word. By getting in the word. He who hears the word and understands it this is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Church, let Jesus unlock this mystery in your own personal life. Not for our own gain, but so that we may advance the kingdom of God with God's own principles. That we may advance the kingdom of God with God's own principles. Whatever you reap, you shall sow. However much you sow, that how much you shall reap. Church, give generously. Church, give generously. Whether it be your finances, give generously. If you're going to give, do it right, church. If you're going to give, do it right. Don't even bother if you're not going to do it right because what good is it? What good is it if you give but yet you don't give by the spiritual principles? If you're going to give, give it generously. Whether it be your finances, whether it be your time, whether it be your affection, what are you giving to? Remember I mentioned there are three things. This is your personal life. What are you giving to yourself, church? What are you investing into yourself? Listen, self-worth is important in the kingdom of God. It is important that you have self-worth. What are you investing into yourself? How much scripture are you planting into your heart? How much worship are you planting into your spirit and into your mind so that even when you are on autopilot, 
and you're driving in the car, that worship is just, you, you didn't even know it was there, but that just, those songs start to come up and start to well up. Invest enough into yourself that it cannot help but overflow on yourself and on everybody around you. Church, these are godly principles. These are godly principles. Listen to this. Listen, what is your seed? Let's move out of the metaphor for a moment. Church, what is your seed? Your seed are your resources, both physical, emotionally, and spiritually. Your seed are your resources. Could be your money, as I've said, could be your time, could be your compassion, your labor, your prayer, and many things. But church, listen, could also be your seed, could also be your doubt. Your seed could be your fear. Your seed could be your insecurity, could be division, could be hate, could be envy, could be strife. Church, listen to me. You have access to every good seed. You have, through the kingdom, you have access to every bad seed through the principalities of this earth. You have access to every good seed. Make your choice. Choose wisely. You have access to every bad seed. Church, I ask you, and think about this honestly for a moment. What seeds are you planting in your life? What seeds are you planting in the lives of your children? What seeds are you planting in the lives of the people around you? What seeds are you planting in the kingdom realm? What seeds are you planting in the kingdom of God? Those seeds you shall reap. Those seeds you shall reap. If you're sowing seeds of depression by your voice, by what you confess over yourself, that is what you shall reap. If you sow seeds of division among the people around you, that is what you shall reap. That will be your reward. That will be your reward. But when you sow the seeds of the kingdom of God, that will be your reward. And not just your reward, but the reward that fills and satisfies the people around you, the people of Tampa Bay, the people of Oldsmar, the people of Palm Harbor. Church, when you sow the seeds of the Spirit, God will fulfill His promises. God will fulfill His promises. What are you planting? What are you planting? Church, I'm, I know I'm not jumping up and down chairs. I know that I'm not doing cartwheels. I know that I'm not shouting and dancing. But listen, but listen, the most important thing in this moment and for these next few moments is your soil. Is your soil. Take a moment and think about, just for a moment, think about your soil. I am throwing seed, and what is it hitting? I am throwing not the words of Stephen, but the word of the Lord, the mysteries Jesus unlocked. Where are those seeds falling? Where are those seeds hitting? Because if they hit the path, if they hit the thorns, if they hit the shallow ground, that by the time you get home, this was worth nothing. This was worth nothing. This was worth nothing. I'm not offended of my time being misused. I'm not offended that somebody doesn't care what I have to say. But you know what would grieve my spirit is that the word of the Lord, that mysteries unlocked by Jesus himself on this earth, would miss good soil. Jesus, let every seed, let every word right now, Lord God, let it hit good soil, Lord Jesus. Lord God, good soil requires good nutrients, Lord Jesus. You know, Lord God, what our needs are, each individually, Lord God. Just like the soil is different in California, just like the soil differs in New Hampshire, just like the soil is different in Pennsylvania, and the soil is different in Florida, so are our soils individually. But let God, let 
our soil be good. Let our hearts be open to receive, Lord Jesus, so that we may take on the responsibility, so that we may take on the mantle, so that we may take on the responsibility of furthering your kingdom in Tampa Bay, Lord Jesus. Unlock these mysteries to us, Lord God, so that we may leave an impact on your kingdom, Lord Jesus, and not remain dormant, Lord Jesus. Not remain dormant. Not remain dormant, Lord God. Church, Galatians 6, 7. I know there's a lot of scripture, but the scripture is where the power is at, guys. Come on. Galatians 6, 7. Do not be fooled. You cannot fool God. A man will get back whatever he plants. Church, what are you planting? What are you planting? What seed are you planting? Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this. And I'm telling you right now. Church, look at me. If Jesus says remember this, Y'all better forget about anything else, and you better remember this, okay? So I want you to look up this. This is not me saying remember this. This is God saying remember this, all right? Look at these words. Remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will reap generously. You know why I keep harping on this? You know why I keep standing on this? Because I love you, and I want to see abundance in every one of your lives. I want to see testimony in every one of your lives that you cannot help but tell your neighbor. Church, that you cannot help but tell your family. Look what the Lord has done. And if he can do it for me, for little me, who can't remember things, if he can do it for me, how much more can he do it for you? He loves you. He loves you. Church, this needs to be our message. This is the seed that I'm throwing your way. This is the seed that I'm throwing your way. Imagine what will happen to Tampa Bay. Imagine what will happen to the principalities of darkness around us when we get a hold of the season, when we know that the shift is coming and we're ready, church, and we're ready. Who wants to be ready for the next season? Who wants to be ready for the next season? Church, I'm telling you, if the next season is harvest and we have not planted, there is no harvest. If the next season is planting, but we have not rested the soil yet, there is no nutrients for our seed. Church, know what season that we're in. Be aware of what season we're in, because I don't know about you, but something is stirring. I can feel it. Something is stirring, not just in this church, but in every one of you, I see it. Something is different. Church, I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss it. Luke 6, 38. Give, and it will be given to you a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. But what do you need to do? Give. Church, give, and it will be given to you. Give, and it will be given to you. Give, and it will be given to you. The scripture does not say, come and receive and I will give. It does not say, come and receive and I will give. Church, does it say, come and receive and I will give? It says, give. Church, give and I will give. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Lord Jesus, help us, Lord God. Help us, Lord, to identify the seeds, Lord Jesus that you need, Lord God, in your time, Lord Jesus, and help us, Lord, to have faith to give abundantly. Church, you know that it takes faith to give abundantly. 
It takes faith to give abundantly. And I want to tell you that some of the wealthiest people I know, some of the happiest people that I know, and some of the strongest pillars of faith in my life are generous givers. Um, they're generous givers. Do you know why? Because the principles of the kingdom are true. Because every red letter in my Bible, I can lean my entire life on because I know that the word of the Lord will never fail, will never lead me astray, that I can lean on every promise that the Lord has. Church, are you thankful for a God that believe that, that, are you thankful for a God that takes a promise and keeps a promise? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Church, the next season, and I'm going to move it along, but the next season is a difficult one. Unless you know the heart of the Lord, this can be difficult. Unless you know the heart of your Father, this can be difficult. So it, it, it is wild the, how people receive this because some people receive this with such longing, with such joyfulness, and it's pruning, church. It's pruning. You know, bef before the, the grapevine can give its fruit, it must be pruned so that the branches can withstand the weight of the harvest. It must be pruned so that the branches can withstand the weight. And that so the branches are not covering too much shade. There, there must be pruning. Pruning is necessary to the harvest. Listen to this. John 15. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. So what do you see? We see a vine. We see a gardener and we see a branch, okay? Who's the vine? Jesus. Who's the gardener? The father. Who's the branch? Guys, we're the branches, okay? Are you following me? Every branch in me that bears no fruit, he's going to cut it off before the harvest. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will even more be fruitful. Church, if you are a fruit bearing branch, you're the one that gets pruned. And you know what? Sometimes it feels painful, and sometimes it feels like it doesn't make sense if you don't know the heart of the Father. But the heart of the Father prunes because he loves. He prunes because he has great abundance and harvest for you. He prunes to get you ready. Listen to this. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. He goes on to say, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Church, I've said it so many times that I am thankful and every day I am blown away by the things that we do to honor God. He always works out a way to bless us because he loves us. Listen to this. Ask whatever you wish. It will be done. Why? Because it's to glorify the Father. He, he, the, the large, heavy, amazing harvest that he's promising you is to glorify himself. And as he glorifies himself, he can't help but bless you. Can someone say amen? Can someone just thank him for that? Thank you, Lord, for that spirit. Thank you for that love. God prunes our good branches. Our good branches are pruned so that we can focus our resources. 
Church, I don't want to lose you here, but listen to this. This is important. It is important to focus your resources. Any well-working business, any fine-tuned business will keep in mind the resources. Where are our resources going and do they need to go there? It is the same in the kingdom, but even more in the kingdom. God has planned for you a harvest that will force you to focus your resources on the things that are important. Church, can I say that I am thankful for some of the things that God has cut out of my life. Church, I can't even begin to imagine where I would be right now if some things in my past weren't cut out of my life. This is the love of the Father. He prunes you with purpose. He prunes you with purpose. Church, when it comes pruning time, be thankful for it. He does it out of love. He does it out of compassion. It reminds me of Moses. You know, a lot of the times when I think about pruning, and guys, I'm going to come to a close soon, but when I think of pruning, I think, God, aren't you going to prune my insecurities? That's what I always expected from pruning. You know how thankful I would be? Wow, all the things I'm insecure about, you just take them away. And you know what I think about Moses? Did God prune Moses' insecurities when he called him? No. When, at, <laughs> we sang about holy ground today. And when, when Moses met God at the burning bush, and when God called Moses, do you know what Moses said? Moses said, I'm not a good speaker, call somebody else. God does not call you so that he can remove your insecurity, but instead, instead he turns your insecurity into a dependency. Church, there is a big difference in your life between an insecurity and a dependency. And do not, be, do not mock God. Do not be offended, do not be hurt, or do not think you're out of the will of God if you feel like your insecurities are not being pruned by God. Because maybe, just maybe, God has a calling on you so big that you will need to lean on Him for every day of your life. Church, is there anybody here that has an insecurity? Come on. Is there anybody here that has an insecurity? Maybe it's because you got a big calling on your life. Come on. Maybe it's because you got a big calling on your life, and maybe he needs to turn that insecurity into a dependency. God, I need you every day. You are welcome to prune, Lord Jesus, anything out of me that does not bring fruit and harvest to your kingdom, Lord Jesus. You can prune my pride, God. You can prune me down, Lord Jesus, to whatever you see fit, Lord God. But let me leave a mark on your kingdom, Lord Jesus. Let me leave a mark on your kingdom, Lord God. Not out of the power of my own hand, Lord Jesus, but out of my dependency on you. Out of my dependency on your power, Lord Jesus. That you will speak when I open my mouth, Lord Jesus. Lord God, that when I pray, Lord Jesus, I will see answers, Lord God, in your time. In your time, because timing is everything. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The last season, the season of harvest. Church, I ask you, what, what will your harvest be? What will your harvest be? And it's simple, and if you've been paying attention, your harvest will be whatever you have planted. Your harvest will be whatever you've planted. Church, how much will your harvest be? How much? It'll be whatever so much you have given. Where are you planting your seeds? What seeds are you planting? Church, these are important things. I want you to go home and ponder this. I want you to go home and think about this. This is not a moment to get excited and to scream for joy and to have things get planted into shallow soil. I am not offended that you guys are not standing up and screaming. In fact, that would make me think possibly that that seed's hitting some shallow soil. I am not intimidated by silence, but I am anticipating 
that my word, the word of the Lord, is entering into good soil by choice, by choice, by choice. So church, when you go home, when you're in the car, do not take that seed and cast it aside. Allow that seed to grow roots. And you won't see it right away. Because you know which way a seed grows first? A seed grows down. Do you dig up your seed to make sure it's growing? No. Do you depend on the Lord? Do you have to have faith? Why do so many good things require faith? Because it requires us to lean on and depend on the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Thank you, Lord. Guys, this is it. Matthew 28, 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely... I am with you always to the very end of the age. Church, the harvest in the kingdom is souls. Church, the harvest in the kingdom is souls. Remember, you have your personal harvest. The church has a harvest. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Souls. Why? 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 Because if we are not sowing seed to gain souls, then where are those souls going to go? If we are not going to take on the great commission, the great responsibility, where will those souls go? And can we any longer turn a blind eye to souls that are going to hell in Tampa Bay Church? Can we for any longer turn a blind eye to Tampa, to Oldsmar, to Palm Harbor, wherever you might be from, wherever you go, wherever you speak, wherever you are planting your seed. You cannot help but plant seed. If you don't think that you're planting seed, you're wrong. I'm telling you right now, if you don't think you're planting seed, you're wrong. Every word is a seed. Whether good, whether bad, whether pure, whether evil, every word is a seed and that will be your inheritance. Every word is a seed and that will be your harvest. Every word is a seed and that will be your reward. But I want my reward to be in the kingdom. Who is with me? I want my reward to be in the kingdom. Who's with me? Who's with me? Church, who in this place wants to be ready for the next season? I want to be ready, church. I don't want to miss out on a thing that God has for this place. Luke 10, 2. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Church, I'm not even talking about the church right now. But it's very true in the church. As a worker... It's very true in this church. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into this field. Jesus, help us. Send your workers, Lord Jesus. Lord, prick the hearts of your people, Lord Jesus, to build your kingdom, to become kingdom builders, Lord Jesus, to leave a legacy, Lord Jesus, to leave a mark on your kingdom. Prick the hearts, Lord Jesus, because when the harvest is heavy, Lord Jesus, many hands make light work, Lord Jesus. Many hands make light work. Send your workers. Guys, the final season and the one that I am about to go into shall not be neglected, but has been neglected. And I will tell you right now that this is the most difficult season for me because as many of you in this room may have also experienced throughout their life, I have a very hard time resting. I have a hard time sleeping. I'm just being honest with you about something in my own life. But I, I do, I have 
especially in the past, had a hard time resting, had a hard time sleeping. I've even felt it at times take a toll on my body. Guys, it's important to rest. Every season has a time. Every season has a command. Every season has a purpose. And every season is important in your life. And I'm talking about your daily season. So your sleep at night is important. I'm talking about your weekly season. Your Sabbath is important. I'm talking about your monthly and your yearly seasons, your vacations, your time away, your time with your family, your time to rejuvenate, your time to rest in the Lord. It is important. So I have had to lean on the Lord and for his help, for his guidance. And it was something that actually Lydia had said in one of our nights of worship where we have the team, the worship team come together. And she said this in passing, but it actually made a huge impact on my life. And she said these words. She said, we are commanded to rest. So I'm just stealing this from you, Lydia. She said, we are commanded to rest. And I, and I thought, well, I don't, where's that command? It's the Sabbath, church, and it's very important. And if God rested, how much more do we need to rest? How much more do we need to rest? And once again, just like pruning in the spirit, it's the same. We rely and we lean on the Father. We rely and we lean on the Father that when we rest, our plants are not dying. That when we rest, the things that we put to our hand to are not falling back, but they are being pushed forward because God takes the plow. God takes the plow. He is working while we are resting. Church, he is working while we are resting. I think I put some of you to sleep, so I just want you to say it real quick. He is working while we are resting. Come on. He is working while we are resting. It is important to rest. Genesis 2.2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work and that he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Three, then God blessed the seventh day. He made it holy because on it, he rested from the work of creating that had he, he had done. In seven days, did he make any of the other days holy? The day he made holy was the day of rest. Do not neglect your godly rest. Do not neglect your godly rest. Uh, the Israelites would, every seven years, they would not just celebrate Sabbath, but they would have a Sabbath year. I don't know if any of you know about this, but every seven years they would have a Sabbath year, and every 50 years they would have a year of Jubilee. Um, but, the, but the Sabbath year, the Sabbath year of rest, they would rest the soil. Even their crops would rest. Church, even the dirt would sleep. If God needs to rest, if dirt needs to rest, how much more do we need to rest? How much more do we need to rest? You know, it's now in agriculture that they realize, <laughs> that they realize the benefits that the Lord gave to the Israelites. And the benefits of the soil and of the nutrients in the soil to rest your soil. Do you guys know that many farmers, depending on the crops, but many crops, they have to rest the soil? Do you guys know that? I had, I had some, uh, some friends when I was a kid, they would always be growing corn, they'd always be growing things. And I, I remember one year, they didn't grow anything, and I thought they were lazy, um, but they were resting the soil. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're resting the soil. Church, this is a real thing. Even the dirt needs rest. Now listen to this. Listen to this. If you don't believe the power in rest, and if you don't believe the promises in rest and the commands in rest, just listen to this. In agriculture, part of resting the soil is also part of pest control. Not because they spray, and not because they add something to the soil, but listen to my words. Church, I'm almost done. If you don't get anything, listen to this, because I want you to understand this principle of rest. In agriculture, when they rest the soil, the very insects and the very pests, the very things that came to attack the harvest are starved 
because now there is no harvest. They go after those very specific plants. There's nothing for them to eat, and they die, and their bodies become nutrients for the next season. God is doing things under the soil that you had no idea were happening. And when the devil comes to take your seed, when the devil comes to kill your roots, when the devil comes to devour you while you rest, God is destroying them and using them to launch you into a new season. Church, I don't want to miss the next season. I don't want to miss the next season. Who is ready to be launched into a next season? Who is ready for more? Who is ready for more for this church? Church, I want to implore you, nay, beg you, if you feel anything right now about the word of the Lord, if you have gotten anything from this and you want more and you want to be involved and you want to make your mark on the kingdom and on eternity, then be there Friday night, July 29th. Be there Friday night, July 29th. If not for the worship, for the vision. Don't miss the worship. Don't miss the worship. Church, the vision. My grandfather planted many churches. But my grandfather also planted many plants. He loved his garden. And I, my grandfather started a Bible school. I attended that Bible school, and I had the pleasure of my life because I loved my papa. I loved my papa. I mean, I absolutely adored him. And I had the privilege of being able to spend two years helping him tend to his garden almost every day. Church, he loved his garden. He loved his plants. He loved tending to his plants, okay? But during the winter, when his plants rested, and while he rested, he was given vision of what he was going to plant next. Guys, I want you to be aware of the season that we're in, and this is a season of vision. And if you're not here, and you don't grab a hold of this vision, you won't know what to plant. If you're not here and you don't grab a hold of this vision, you won't know when to plant it. And if you're not here and you don't grab a hold of this, then you will not be a part of the harvest, but you will be a branch removed. I say this out of love to you, church. I don't want you to be a branch removed. I want you to be a branch that thrives and is pruned and that leans on, not our own understanding, but leans on the king of kings, that leans on the champion, that leans on the lion of Judah. Church, be there. Be there. Let me pray a blessing over you. Just bow your head for a moment. Lord Jesus, I pray now to every heart, which is the soil that your seed was planted today, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord God, that it would not fall, Lord Jesus, onto the thorns. I pray that it would not fall onto the path. I pray, Lord Jesus, it would not fall, Lord God, onto shallow soil that might be excited for a moment, but loses out on eternity. Lord Jesus. But I pray, Lord God, that every seed that you spoke goes into good soil, Lord Jesus. Soil, Lord God, that will make the choice daily to put on the armor of light, that will make the choice daily, Lord Jesus, to be kingdom builders, Lord God. Not for the kingdom of grace and faith church, Lord Jesus, but for the kingdom of God, for the kingdom that is eternal, Lord Jesus, for the kingdom that is heaven, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord God, for the souls of Tampa Bay. We pray, Lord Jesus, for the souls all around us that need you, Lord Jesus, that you would use us, Lord God, to be your hands, that you would use us, God, to be your feet, Lord Jesus, Lord God, that you would use us to make an impact 
for eternity, Lord Jesus. And in your name I pray, and in your name I seal. In Jesus' name, amen. And guys, with your heads bowed, with your heads bowed, this morning what I have preached has spoken to each one of you differently because your soil is different. What I have preached has spoken to you something different. And even possibly the scriptures that I have read that he has given revelation totally different than what I have revealed. And I pray right now for the people and I ask right now that if anybody in this room is not saved, and I speak to you right now, if you're in this room and you have not accepted Jesus as your personal savior, but you want to be a part of this inheritance, and you want to be a part of this move. I want to give you an opportunity. And I promise I'm not here to embarrass you. But if you would just slip your hand up right now just for a moment. If you do not know Jesus as your personal savior. And you want more. Just slip up your hand just for a moment. I see that hand. I'm not here to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But I'm celebrating with you. This is our purpose. This is for the kingdom. I'm giving one more opportunity. Who here in this room has never asked Jesus to be their personal Lord and their personal Savior, and they want to make that choice in this season? Just raise up your hand just right now. I thank you, Lord, for a soul, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that your kingdom is being built right now. Lord, I thank you for the power of a plus one, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you have called us to not only spread your gospel, Lord Jesus, but you have called us to bring in, to love, and to equip, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that you would make us more efficient, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that you would get us ready for a large harvest for your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Church, be blessed this week. Go home, but do not forget. Go home and water that seed. Church, go home and get in the word. I love you. I look forward to my next opportunity to be with you and to worship with you. Go and be blessed. Thank you.